0: of any trip. I have my opinion. I'm going to share it with you in just a moment. Plus, you're going to get the down and dirty on what it's like to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. It's a hike of 2,650 miles from Canada to Mexico. You're going to hear what the number one planning tool is, how much money you would spend if you want to do something like this, and why is long distance hiking such an atypical travel experience, even if you're not going over 2000 miles even if you're just spending some days out on the trail what makes that such a unique travel experience you're going to hear all of that and much more in today's show happening yep you guessed it right now so buckle up strap in recline grab your favorite beverage and relax with us today thanks for being here and welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friend
1: You're listening to the
0: Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome back to the show. If you've listened before, if it's your first time, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. This is is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. We're talking through hiking today, long distance hiking, but so much more than that. I mean, if you've ever done any type of hiking or if you haven't, you should get excited because there are plenty of tips for newbies and experienced hikers alike in this episode. And I've always been fascinated by these long-distance trails I have on my bucket list. Well, you know, you guys, if you listen to the show, you know, I have a lot of things on my bucket list like you all do. But hiking is one of my favorite activities. And the idea of just going for months on a trail is fascinating to me. What is that travel experience like? You know, the Pacific Crest Trail is one of the big three long-distance hiking trails in America. You've got the CDC, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Appalachian Trail, and today we're covering the PCT, created in 1968 as part of the National Trails System Act, but not completed until 1993. And yeah, my guest hiked most of it, and he'll share why he didn't finish it, plus some serious wisdom from the road or from the trail, I should say. He was on the show earlier. Uh, If you look back in the archives, you can find his transition to travel episode where he took off, quit his job, and biked across country, and now he's coming back to share not only advice about hiking the PCT, but how he even ended up there. And this ties in with the question I posed at the top of the show, what is the most exquisite part about the beginning of any trip? In my opinion, IMO, in my humble opinion, IMHO. I'll share that with you in just a second. First, I want to quickly thank Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga will take you to a page where you're going to find, guess what, the coolest travel backpacks out there for any length trip. Whether you're traveling for three weeks, three months, or three years, you can skip all the research. Just go to that link. And you can see the backpacks I recommend. You get 10% off with the promo code TRAVEL. Just enter the word TRAVEL when you check out, and you get 10% off. Quick story, I was out with my Tortuga Outbreaker Daypack the other day here in Norway. Pouring rain, all my stuff was dry. This is a backpack I am obsessed with because I use it on the road. It's packable, but also comfortable and sturdy and light. I can't say enough good things. Check out the backpacks I recommend. Zero to travel.com slash tortuga and 10% off with the promo code travel. You will not be disappointed. And if you go through that link, you'll also be supporting this show because I'm an affiliate for them because I love their stuff. So thanks to them for supporting the podcast. Thanks to you for supporting the podcast. And I hope you enjoy the tortuga backpacks. Now, before we get into the interview, I got to answer that question the most exquisite part of any trip or the beginning of any trip. And to me, it's that idea that you don't know where the trip is going to take you, particularly if you leave on an open-ended excursion. Say you quit your job and you're taken off, you got a one-way ticket somewhere, maybe it's a round trip, but you're flexible, and you're open. And really, it's a mindset. Even if you're going for a predetermined amount of time, if you have the mindset where you're like, hey, I'm open to this trip changing me and taking me in new directions, not only on the road itself, but in my life, then it can take you to some spectacular places internally and externally, of course. And that's exactly what happened to my guest today who didn't know when he was biking across the country that he would end up hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, that he would end up living in Telluride, Colorado for a bit, which is where he is now. All these things he could not have predicted. And that is the beauty of starting a trip with an open mind that it can take you anywhere, in life you just don't know where it's going to take you and that feeling of adventure and possibility it's not just the feeling of adventure and possibility that you anticipate in regards to the things that might happen to you on the trip itself but what about where the trip will take you in life that's exciting that's exciting to me i think it's a beautiful thing so anyway please enjoy this interview and i will see you on the other side How are you man?
1: Good man, how are you doing?
0: Good. It looks like you've been kissed by the Colorado sun. Are you in Telluride, Colorado, I saw? Yes, I am. <sighs> I love that place. <laughs> I am rocking a Colorado hat right now. Ah, there's there's the sea, the iconic sea. <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's iconic because it's kind of <laughs> new. This whole Colorado's become like its own brand, you know.
1: Yeah, it really has. It's what do you what are you doing in Telluride, man? Man, I'm working the, the G, the, the gondola that connects Tallyride and Mount Village and getting the ski pass. And then so I have three days off a week to ski plus work on the business. It was the idea. so And plus connect to this community out here. You know, it's crazy, the outdoors people. So it's perfect for my niche.
0: By the way, we're recording right now. This is the thing. This is the thing <laughs> that's happening right now. So your niche being uh, outdoor adventure and travel, right? <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, okay. We have a lot to talk about because the last time we chatted, we did this transition to travel episode. So we talked to you when you quit your job and then you went on the road and you biked across the country. And then we talked to you like partway through that trip. And then next thing I know, you were hiking the Pacific Crest Trail or what we're going to refer to in this interview as the PCT. And I was like, this dudes he's just going after it. So (laughs) just for a refresher, for some people that haven't listened to our conversation before, give us an overview of the bike trip, first of all.
1: Yeah, for sure. So last time we left off, I was in Houston, but I'll give a little overview before that. Uh, I biked down the East Coast from Connecticut to Florida and then Florida to Houston, where we talked. And then I finished up Houston all the way out to San Diego, Pasadena. And uh, so it was like 5,500-ish bike miles of human-powered pedaling. Did you touch
0: the ocean on the East Coast before you went west? Or you started from your house in Connecticut, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I, I went out to the beach in Florida and uh, Jacksonville to touch yeah, okay. the Atlantic. Yeah. So you, uh,
0: So you went <laughs> yeah. all the way down touch the ocean down in Florida instead of doing it in Connecticut. And then all the way across. Wow, man, that is uh, it's so impressive. And and it's just, I guess you just get on the bike and pedal every day, right? But you, you kind of stopped in Houston for a while, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing some volunteer work. Uh, did the trip unfold in a way that you expected it to? And what I mean by that is uh, no trip ever does. But did you kind of expect to go all the way through? Did you know you were going to stop at some point? Were you looking for an opportunity to stop? Or how did you end up stopping in Houston of all places. <laughs> a place no. I'm not a big fan of. Sorry Houston people. <laughs> I really it's not a yeah, not my favorite city. Not because the people aren't nice, but it's just so much sprawl. But anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean I I wasn't planning on anything at of that at all. I mean, it was open-ended, which was the good part about it that I could do that stuff. So I was able yeah. to see so many people. And meet so many people along the way and get sucked into those kind of things you know and um you're right houston has amazing people but it is very sprawl but uh <laughs> um you know it's just kind of what comes along and uh just taking opportunity as it comes i guess because it was such an open-ended trip it was amazing to be able to do that
0: all right but you love nature you love working out and being in the outdoors. I'm still not getting where Houston fits in. I get the sense that there was something else bigger going on in Houston, specifically. Like, why, I'm still trying to understand why you stopped in Houston. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was planning on going and staying in Austin for the winter because yeah. uh, the winter ended up being a little colder than I thought last year. And just, um, working there or something because I love Austin, but, um, I ended up getting sucked into Houston and the whole volunteering thing and helping rebuild houses. And I was making a lot of good. And after so many people helped me on my trip, I really wanted to give back. So that was part of it too. You know, it was like, um, I almost felt like an obligation to help people and I had a really good opportunity to do it there. So that's why I stopped there. When you left your house, did you know you were going to hike the
0: PCT also?
1: No. Okay. Not at all.
0: <laughs> when did that become an idea for you?
1: So yeah, I started talking to my friend who I biked with um, from Florida to New Orleans. Somebody you and, just met
0: uh, along the way, or? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: He was doing the PCT, so I decided that it would sounded like something cool that I would want to do. So I started planning a bit more while I was in Texas. So, yeah, it was kind of of spur-of-the-moment kind of (laughs) (laughs) decision-making.
0: You know, you're still biking across the states, so you had a little Mm -hmm. bit of ways to go in that journey. Had you committed to the point of, yeah, I'm definitely doing this, no question, I'm doing the PCT, or was it something you were going to mull over as you pedaled west?
1: Uh, I pretty much had decided that I was going to do it, I think. As, one, as I left Houston, I switched out a lot of my gear, lightened up a lot, and was just getting prepared to walk the trail, did a bit of research um, just to get going at least.
0: <laughs> yeah. The human-powered adventures, as you mentioned, biking and then walking. Um, outside of, I know you're into fitness. maybe mean, your website's tryfortravel.com. So you're all about travel and triathlons and getting mm-hmm. fit and all the stuff that you do there. But outside of the fitness side and the being active side what is it that appeals to you in terms of human-powered travel
1: Yeah, uh, it's just so fulfilling you're just so vulnerable you know and people really like they they see you as something different that they've never seen before you know you're kind of just out there in the world as something so unique that people come up and talk to you uh just on the street on the trail wherever. It's just, you have such authentic connections with people because it's just something that people have never seen before. So it's also very inspiring to people when they see you doing something like that. They're willing to maybe even go do some fitness stuff on their own, you know, because you're doing something so ridiculous. It seems easy for them to go for a walk or go to the gym. So, um, I think it's a great way to inspire people and meet a lot of people and then, you know, just be out in nature. It's incredible you can't say enough about the beauty of the U.S. and the country you live in. You know, a lot of times people don't see it because you're in a car or, you know, everything is passing by at 60 miles per hour versus, you know, 12 miles per hour on a bike or, you know, three miles per hour when you're walking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know some of the goal with your businesses is to serve people and to help inspire them to get out there and do more. So how does it feel for you when you're just in a conversation. And I mean, you know, right. I mean, you're in a conversation and somebody asks you what you're doing and you're just, you come off to me as a, you know, you're a humble guy. You're just being on, you're not bragging what you're doing. You're just probably explaining what you're doing. And then you see the moment where it kind of hits them, the reality of what you're doing and they, and they either light up or cause I know I've been on the other side of that. I remember talking to a biker in, in the smoky mountains and he was biking, I think across the United States or some ridiculous length that I I just never it never occurred to me that you could do that at that time and I just remember being like so kind of in awe of this guy and also just blown away and just thought it was so cool that he was doing that and I know how I felt in that moment and I'm sure you've had that moment for uh, other people have had that moment with you but you're on the other side where you're just you're the guy doing it, but also your mission is to help people get out and inspire them. So how does that feel when you're having these interactions and you you see somebody light up by just telling them just what you're doing with your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. You really never get used to it because every single time everyone is just amazed you know because it's just such an odd thing so and a lot of people are like oh you're you're lying you're, you didn't do that really like, <laughs> oh yeah I, I mean it's kind of rare but some people be like no no and be like yeah man here's my map like this is where i've been you know I've, I've done it it's almost like it takes like a second to get through their head like and then their face is just like what <laughs> you know so it's just It's it's really inspiring for me because it keeps me going, you know, meeting people like that and then connecting with those people later. Like it's it's amazing and just seeing what they're doing and staying in touch. Um, You know, it could be someone on the side of the road you meet randomly, um, you know, while you're eating lunch or it could be like someone you stay with. It's just the opportunities to connect with people are incredible out there on the road when you're just out there. You know vulnerable like in a biking or walking situation because you need a place to sleep or you know you might need help with the mechanical issues so um it's just so inspiring to see those people be inspired by you and so it helps keep me going and then hopefully you know I think I make an impression on them after I leave and you know They realize that it is a thing that you can do and you know if I can do that kind of thing Maybe they can get out there and do some of their own stuff or you know get back into biking You know, a lot of them are cyclists that talk to you. So It's just super inspiring to see those people and be able to be inspired by them and then their stories and hear their whole, a lot of times I'll tell you their whole life story because (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's just, it opens up conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What do you think it is? Well, I always wondered myself, I have my own opinions on, on this, but why do you think people open up to you in that way? Whereas if you're in your hometown, say those kind of interactions where people really start spilling their life story don't seem to happen as much do you think it's well i'll just leave the question at that (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, I think it's because I'm so vulnerable out there that people are willing to be vulnerable themselves when they see what I'm doing, you know, out there on the road, um, in a dangerous situation in certain ways, you know, you could get hit by a car anytime and have a mechanical breakdown, you know, people understand the dangers associated with it. And I'm putting myself out there like that. So they're willing to kind of give back in that certain way and uh, tell their story. Um, So I think it's just a vulnerability thing. Since I'm vulnerable, they're willing to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And I also think there's something safe about talking to somebody that you know you might never see again, right?
1: Also true.
0: (laughs) Within that context of vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. It's like maybe people give themselves more permission to be vulnerable because they know they're not going to see you at the local watering hole where they see you know, there are 13 other friends or whatever every week. I mean, that's just a weird example, but you know what I mean? <laughs> just, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One other question, and this kind of segues into the PCT because people might look at you, and I'm sure this, this happened to you when you were on the road, and you got the doubters and everything, people calling you a liar or whatever, but you do triathlons, you write about that kind of stuff, so people might think, oh, well, like, yeah, you could do that because you do triathlons and you're a fit guy, but I was reading on your bio page, we had something very similar in common, that in college, we subsisted mostly on pizza, Taco Bell, and Mountain Dew for me, <laughs> 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 and beer, but, you know, you're you're into athletics now, and, and training, and doing these triathlons, and, and staying fit, and obviously biking across the country, hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, which we're going to get into, but... Do you really think this is, say, take the bike trip, for example, is that something do you really believe that anybody can do?
1: I I know anyone can do it because the like I mentioned, my friend and his girlfriend, I met them in Florida. They had not ridden a bike until they started um, the bike tour. They rode their bike maybe for a month before the bike tour a couple times to work and then just started going. So anyone can do it for real. Like you don't have to, you know, because the great thing about biking is you can go 20 miles a day and still get to places. So, you know, it's definitely not for everyone because it's a big undertaking, but um, like even a, a weekend tour someone can do, you, you go out to your local campsite or state forest. So it's definitely possible. I've seen an incredible amount of different ages, different varieties of people out there, different levels of athleticism, you know, and the great thing about it is you can go at your own pace, you know, you don't have to go 100 miles a day. So it, you really anyone really can do it. It's it's pretty incredible mode of transportation.
0: Do you feel the same about the Pacific Crest
1: Trail? Yes, but with a certain caveat to that, um, you have to have more mental toughness for sure on the PCT. Um, but that's something you can develop as you're on it, but you do have to come in with a certain amount of mental toughness because it is very hard on your body.
0: Give us an overview of the PCT so people know what it is.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, um, 2,600 miles from the Mexican border in California. Uh, kind of south of San Diego there, all the way up to northern Washington, um, kind of close to Vancouver, British Columbia. And so it it treks all the way up through the Sierra Mountains in California, and then it goes up through the Cascades in Oregon and Washington.
0: Mental toughness. What advice would you give to somebody who was maybe doubting if they have the mental toughness to, to do this trail?
1: yeah um it's all about just starting small with small wins you know i think it was part of the biking like tough days you you know once you get through tough days or different things like that and you keep going it's just it kind of just builds on itself like just like anything in life you know making small wins and keep going keep going you know you don't have to train or anything for any of these things you just start out small like a lot of people will just do 10 miles the first day you know when they're hiking and then the next day they might do eight if they're not feeling well take a rest day you know it's really just staying in your own head not worrying about what other people are doing because that's when you're going to start getting into trouble well that guy's out there doing 30 miles I need to keep up with him you know that's how you're gonna get out of your own head and maybe hurt yourself or something like that so it's just kind of just continuing the trend of every small step, like as much of a cliche as it is taking one small step a day towards your goals and just building upon it. And that's what builds that mental toughness, I think.
0: I think if anybody's enchanted with the idea of doing a through hike of whether it's the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail, or there's all kinds of trails in Europe, or even if you're going for on a 10 day trail or just a week or something like that, you you already sort of said that you don't think you have to do a lot of training because I was going to ask you about training. Do you think training is essential to having success doing a trail like this?
1: Definitely not, but it can help in certain ways. Uh, But there's really, you can't prepare for carrying 25 to 30 pounds on your back. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible. You can't walk every day like that, you know, as much as you're going to be walking on the trail. So you really can't train. It's, uh, it's honestly easier to train for a bike tour because, you know, you could, bike every, you know, two days a week or three days a week and you'd be in much better shape for a bike tour. But for a hike, it's just, you're loading your body in such a different way that it's, it's not going to be used to it. You're going to have pain, you know, you're going to be sore. So it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but then once you get that, um, you know, as they call it, the hiker legs, it's incredible what you can do. You know, you could just go out there and crush it, you know, by the end what uh, I was crushing, you know, I did 50 miles in a day in Oregon, before the sunset. So, I mean, you know, I might be a little more abnormal than most people, but most people by the end, they're easily doing 30 miles a day. It's, it's just no brainer. It's just bam, bam. You know, you're just, you're just used to it. When I was doing
0: most of my backpacking in the backcountry, you know, repeated trips, I I don't think my core ever felt stronger. Just carrying that weight and moving around, you just, you get solid. But I think the training, although like you're saying, it's not essential and you're encouraging people, don't let that deter you from getting out. And I agree with that, but there is also some element of safety and preparation. There's that kind of stuff, but also I think, and we haven't talked about that, but we will, the prevention of injury, right? That's what's tra- what training can really do. I think more than anything is not only get you in shape for the trail, but prevents you from having to cut it short because you know, you're putting 30 pounds in your back for the first time. And all of a sudden you throw out your back because <laughs> you're not used to that.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. And that comes back, though, more towards your preparation with your gear um, and how you want to do it and going out and testing your gear for a weekend or something like that because you're going to definitely bring too much. There's a 100% chance. So you'll be able to Get rid of that, and the less stuff you have, the easier it is going to be to get used to walking every day, you know, because you're going to have less stuff on your back. Um, so, in terms of that preparation, it's very important for sure to be able to go out on a few test trips for any of this kind of stuff just to make sure you get your pack down. You'll have to send less stuff home. It will just make life a lot easier, I think, in that way. And then, you know, in terms of safety, making sure you know where you're going um, and, you know, you're prepared. Um, Nowadays, it's a lot easier because there's an app you can literally download on your phone that tells you where the water sources are, where the camping is, where towns are. Everyone comments on it. So, you will know, if the water is good, you know, what services are in town, what you can get, the post office addresses. It's just it makes life so much easier. So in terms of that, you don't really need to plan ahead that much for that kind of thing because it's all being really? right there in front wow. of you. Wow. You yeah. could just do that on the fly. Yep.
0: That's great. <laughs> What's that app called? Is it made by the association?
1: No, it's it's called gut hooks. Yeah, gut hooks.
0: Gut hooks. Okay. And is that the thing that everybody uses to hike the PCT?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can buy it for any trail, actually. Um, They have it for the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, the Appalachian Trail now. I think there's a couple other trails like the Arizona Trail. Um, But yeah, you just buy the pack for that specific trail. Uh, So, and it will literally, it has a GPS that works in airplane mode. So you can see where you are if you're off trail, if you get, you know, lost or something. So it's, really hard to get lost (laughs) and then like i mentioned they will tell you like if there's camping spot coming up uh that's marked and people will comment if it's a nice spot you know if it's exposed or whatnot um so yeah
0: that's crazy (laughs) i feel like these trails when i first heard about them many years ago dating myself here they were things that were especially outside of the Appalachian trail that was still a popular thing but then the pct the cdt which even less people do because it's more difficult and more orienteering and that kind of thing is uh they were kind of not unknown but in a way they weren't they weren't on the radar and as things have evolved and then Cheryl Strade's Book Wild came out, and I, that blew up the PCT, I think, big time. And now I didn't even know this app exists because I, I have a lot of questions for logistics. Uh, we're just going to skip them all. No, I think we should still talk about that. <laughs> but you know, that was one of the big hurdles, I think, because it wasn't just that you had to get geeky with the maps and figuring out all that stuff, but you had to figure out where you were going to resupply in the water and all those things, and doing that in in the analog world is a lot more complicated and takes a lot more preparation i think Uh, on the digital front because this wasn't even on my list of questions until actually i don't even know if it was on my list of questions but we'll get to it now did you create any rules for yourself around that because it's a nature experience right and part of the experience of through hiking i feel is this purity of being out in nature and being away from all the digital stuff so did you have to manage that for yourself in some way
1: it's really funny you ask that because there was a girl doing a study just on this, on people using their phones on the trail because it's becoming such a more common thing. Um, and it's funny cause on gut hooks, there'll be comments at places. They'll be like, Oh, there's great cell phone service here. So for me, you know, I, might be a little bit older generation than a lot of the younger kids, and I didn't really care too much about that. So I'd walk by a campsite and someone be like, "Oh, there's great service here." They'd be like, "Cool, I'm gonna keep going." It's tough now because you want to stay connected to your family and friends, you know, and stop in some of those places and maybe talk on the phone or give someone a call. But um, I really think it's up to you to really, as they say on the PCT, hike your hike. You know, do what you want to do. If you want to be on your phone, go for it. You know, but don't. Let that change what you want to do. If you want to be off your phone, go ahead, you know, don't. And there's people all sorts of spectrum on the level of technology use. And some people don't even use gut hooks. They're just out there just using analog maps or looking at stuff before they're in town, you know. So it's really what you want to do and you figure it out yourself. It is an incredible way to disconnect if you want to and really be with the people on the trail, just on the trail. So you can do that as well. Um, And not rely on your phone so much. So don't think you have to have your phone to go out there. I think that's a big thing. It does make it a lot easier in terms of planning, but you don't need it. And for me, it was a it was a really great opportunity to connect. I mean, I wouldn't even turn on my phone sometimes till the afternoon. So um, just to see where water was or something. So
0: did you have service the whole trail? I just assumed that you wouldn't be, have service for most of it.
1: No, you don't. You definitely don't have service a lot of the trail. But, but I'm there guessing is, the
0: app's offline, so you can still yeah yeah
1: exactly. It's completely offline. It it works you know without any service. But there is a lot more service on trail than there used to be because of you know, cell phone towers and stuff. But there are huge sections where you're not going to have service, which is, you know, great for disconnecting. So you're forced to. So that you do have that advantage if you are trying to disconnect and you really can't get away from it. <laughs> um, and it's also worth mentioning there's two other things we should tell people about. There's the Half Mile app, which is actually free if, if you have some budgetary constraints coming into the trail. Um, it's not as good as gut hugs. There's no comments or anything, but it will tell you if you're off trail and it will tell you the next water coming up. Um, and then there's the water report you can download for free from the PCTA, and you'll know if the water sources are good. So you can technically also get some information for free versus buying that app and those map sections.
0: Cool, thanks for that. When you think back to, let's say, your last year of your job, your nine to five, and what your digital habits were then versus now, I'm I'm not sure what they were. I have no idea, but. I would get the sense uh, just on a hunch that riding a bike across country and then hiking a long distance trail like that has to, in some way, change your relationship to digital technology when you're compared to being in a working environment, nine to five, having to answer emails constantly and kind of be on point. Can you talk about how that's changed for you And, and not just how that's changed in terms of time, but how it's maybe shifted your mindset or changed your life? And and that's an open question. It doesn't have to be good or bad or anything. I just want to hear your experience.
1: Yeah, I think I'm just okay with disconnecting now. You know, I don't really care as much about my phone. You know, if someone, if I have a message or something, I'm okay with ignoring it because I've had to ignore it, you know, for days on end, especially on the PCT. Was that not the case the before? Uh, probably not. I was more... Uh, Apt to respond right away I felt like I had to but now I feel like you know it's it's nothing's gonna blow up or you know it's gonna be okay
0: (laughs) how does that change your daily life
1: Uh, I just think it's easier just to go do what I want to do instead of living by other people's priorities, you know, like I can disconnect, do some writing or something if I want for the blog or even just a self-reflection journal, you know, and it's kind of, you got to live by your own priorities versus other people kind of feeding into what they need done, I guess.
0: Right. Let's talk about costs because I know that can range. What would it cost to plan a through, not just to plan it, but if you say, hey, I'm going to set a time side time to do a through hike, how long would that take? What are the months to go? And what are the potential costs involved?
1: Okay, yes. Yeah, so we'll talk about the PCT specifically here because um, it's going to differ for the other trails. Um, so say it's your first through hike and you're coming out, you want to do the PCT. Most people are going to start in April or May, Uh, in the southern terminus, in the desert, just before it gets hot. That's going to be a great time to start because there's going to be a lot of people doing it. A lot, a lot of people. You'll be very surprised. Um, That's the other thing. If you're looking for solitude, uh, it's really going to be, it's going to be tough. That's a lot of people quit because they don't find the solitude they were looking for actually, because there's so many people out there. So it's another thing to keep in mind with through hikes nowadays. They're just getting so popular. It's, very hard to be by yourself all the time like there's very few nights where i can't by myself so you might walk for by yourself for a few hours but then you're going to see someone um but anyway yeah so april may ish time is a great time for the pct uh in terms of budget it's really up and how you're going to do it um you're going to spend Money on shoes, which is going to be big. Most people go through four to five pairs of shoes, so as you can imagine, that's about five hundred dollars in itself. There's a couple crafty ways you can do to get by that. If some people, you know, they buy their shoes ahead of time at discount, but it's really unavoidable if you're going to be wearing shoes, unless you're a crazy person and met people like this who are wearing sandals all the trail. But you know, most people are wearing shoes. The shoe choice here now is no more hiking boots on the PCT, it's all trail runners. So you save yourself a little bit of money there because they're a little bit uh, cheaper than the hiking boots but the trail's not very technical for the most part you can't buy with sneakers. Um, So there's that, that's a big expense and then obviously your gear up front is gonna be a big expense. Um, Could talk about gear all day. I'd recommend reaching out to me if you have specific questions. Uh, I have a lot of friends in the hiking community now with all sorts of gear. So it really, really depends on your preference, how much weight you want to carry. I'd recommend going as ultra light as possible. You know, it's going to save you money and it's going to be much easier on your muscles. But, you know, you get yourself a backpack, you know, sleeping bag, uh, and then your tent or shelter are your big three things that are going to be the most expensive. And then other stuff from there, you know, like little things like water filters, um, et cetera, stuff like that, headlamp. So you can get you a gear list if you really need it, but there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, Halfway Anywhere is a great resource. Uh, This guy wrote a blog and he's got everything on there of what most people take and what most people's base weight is. So that's a great place to look if you're looking for gear research. And then I have a friend who's been in the industry through hiking for five years. So he can help you out with that kind of stuff. That's really his, his specialty. So I can refer you to him too. He's a great guy. From, from there, basically, your only expenses are going to be food and then lodging when you're in town. And if you want to save money, uh, here's a great tip. Go into town the same day and leave the same day because you're going to spend less money. You probably eat one or two meals. That's it. And then you're out. You know, so if I had a friend, <laughs> his trail name was cheap. And um, he literally, I think he spent, oh, man, it must have been $2,000 on the whole trail because, he would just there's these um, hiker boxes where you can go and get food out of them that people have leftover food. So he would just go to the hiker boxes first thing, get food out of there. <laughs> wouldn't eat at restaurants. Wouldn't stay in town ever, you know. So he, his lodging costs were zero. You know that's the great thing about the PCT. You, you camp every night for free. You know there's there's you can do it. Um, you just have to be logical about it. You know maybe stop short of town. The night and then walk five miles in, walk whatever five to ten miles out. You can still spend the whole day in town without having the lodging costs. That's where people get, you know, the expenses because you're going to want to drink some beer. Obviously, you're going to be hanging out with a bunch of hikers, eating a, a whole bunch of food. Um, <laughs> so that's the best way to cut down your expenses if you're looking to do it a little bit on the cheaper side. And you don't have to do that. If you have the money to spend, then go ahead and go into town and have a great time. You know, there's people hanging out in town going crazy. Trust me. <laughs> so typical cost,
0: would you say for, you mentioned cheap, only spending about mm-hmm. a couple grand. Yeah. I know. And it's going to vary. and it depends on if you have gear and stuff. But if you just want to mm-hmm. give a little bit of a, a range.
1: If you had to buy all your gear from scratch, that's going to be that could cost pretty a big. Grand, yeah. Yeah. Pretty big expense in itself, you know. Just so maybe, maybe five
0: how, to ten grand, something like that. Yeah, to do the whole trail. That's about
1: that's a pretty good estimate. Five to ten grand. Some people spend more. Some people spend less. You know, mm. but um, and yeah. you're talking
0: about over a period of how many months? What does the typical person take?
1: Three to six months. Three months on the very fast end, and you know, six months if you're going super slow. Most people take about five.
0: Okay. And do you need any permits? And do you know what they cost?
1: Yes, permit. Um, You can apply through the PCTA and um, the permit is free. Um, I probably shouldn't say this, but you're supposed to pick a date, right, when you start because they're trying to limit the amount of people that are starting at the same time. It's only 50 people per day. So if you're worried, you got to apply kind of far ahead of time, but in truth, um, they don't check the date when you start. so I like how you're looking keep, around as if somebody <laughs> in your apartment is going to bust you. Right?
0: <laughs> Stop, Joe! We heard well, you!
1: <laughs> PCTA probably doesn't want me saying this, but right. try to get the date you're going to start on. But if you can't, I wouldn't worry about it so much. Yeah. Um, just go Things down there happen. to the terminus. Yeah, Go down to the terminus and start. You know, Don't let that hold you up because that is a big holdup for a lot of people is they don't get the date they want.
0: They're not going to go off on you like... You're Willy Wonka, and you stole some fizzy lifting drinks. I don't think. I mean, I
1: could be honest. They didn't check my perm. They didn't check my permit once on the trail, not once. So yeah,
0: but some people get checked.
1: Right. You should definitely get a permit for sure. It's free.
0: (laughs) What's your trail name? Coach. Coach, and it's given (laughs) to you. From what I understand, you're you're not allowed to pick your own trail name. It's it's part of the culture on these through hikes, and it's given to you. So, who can you tell the story and how you became? How you were dubbed coach?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm. I started hiking with a good, uh, good friend of mine for a while, and we we're hanging out. And I was coaching him on his. He was trying to grow his Instagram business, so I was helping him with that. And then, obviously, I have my coaching and training I do on the side. So he's like, "Oh man, you're you're coach." Makes sense to me and I was like all right (laughs) so you don't have to accept it but most of the time you kind of get forced into it but I kind of liked it so I was okay with it how far into the
0: trip was that
1: it was probably 15 days or so and I got mine pretty quick some people take longer some people never get a trail name so um it just depends on you got to hang out with the right people I think who are creative
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did this trail test you
1: Oh man, it's it's an incredible mental test. You know, it it really is all mental. Anyone can walk for 12 hours a day. You know, you could go 2 miles per hour, you're going to get somewhere in 12 hours, you're going to get, you know, 25 miles if you don't stop, right? So it's it's really just it's a mental test of just the body and what your mind can do and it's it's an incredible way to push yourself because you just walk every day and you just keep going. You go up mountains, go down mountains, cross rivers. You know, you have to go over these crazy passes in the high Sierras with snow. Um, and a lot of that is just testing your mind. You have to be present in there, you know, or else you're going to – It's it can be dangerous if you're not paying attention. So it's just – I, I just love through hiking because it's just such a mental challenge for me, you know, and it's different for everyone, you know, obviously I have a more fitness mindset. So I want to push myself and get out there. But other people, they go out there, you know, they might do 20 miles a day and hang out for a couple hours during the day with their friends, you know, and um, hang out at night to get the camp early. Like I would just walk all day as long as I had sunlight. So. Um, it's going to be different for everyone, but, um, that mental test, I think everyone is going to have those days where it's just, you know, you got to get there, you got to grind and get to where you need to get for the night, you know, because you might be going down or up a slope where there's nowhere to camp. So, um, it's just, it's an incredible mental test. I just, I just love the feeling of that, you know, getting somewhere at the end of the day, having climbed up a pass or a big mountain, it's just an incredible feeling. Did you finish the trail? (laughs) Yes. So uh, funny story about that. So I started 400 miles in. So I technically, you know, for all the purists out there, I didn't do a full through hike because, you know, I had gone up to Pasadena on my bike and shipped everything home from there. Wanted to avoid the first 400 miles of desert because I'd been in it for months on my bike, um, which I thought was a good decision. Um, Hike your hike. Yeah, exactly. And people judge me out there for that. They're like, "Why don't you just start at the beginning?" I was like, "Cause I didn't want to, man. Whatever." <laughs> so don't. That's people... funny. Those
0: are the last people I would think that would judge you. <laughs> right.
1: All right. Well, I mean, half them are half joking, but like, you know, even. But when I got into it, I was like, too. I was like, man, you know, I could have easily done that. But you know, the thing is, you can always go back to it. It's just like any kind of travel thing. Like, don't feel like you have to take the whole thing in a chunk, you know, and do everything. And then the other funny thing that happened was we got. You know, I was hiking with, it's funny because towards the end, you know who you're kind of going to finish with because you're kind of hiking at the same pace. And everyone's like, we were kind of far ahead of the bigger crowds because we were a little bit faster. So I was with like five or six other people and we all thought we were going to finish on the same day. And so we're camping out, you know, we leave the last town on the trail in Washington. We're camping out just like 10 or miles so out from town, not too far. And this guy's like, hey, did you guys hear about the fire at the border? We're like, what? We thought he was messing with us. And we're like, no way. This guy's just, this guy's a joker. <laughs> but, and we didn't know to believe him or not, but he was like completely serious, just straight face. We're like, uh, okay, because we're going to find out about this tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, we're walking and everyone's telling us. And when you like, say the yeah, border, there's...
0: you mean right at the end of the trail.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're walking and then, um, a lot of people come the other way. They're like, yeah, there's a fire. And my friend and I are like, we're ahead of our group a little bit and we get there and sure enough, there's a sign there. It's like the last 30 miles of trails closed. And, um,
0: that must so, have been heartbreaking for so many people.
1: Yeah. So, um, so we couldn't do, so essentially that meant we couldn't do the last sixty because there the road was closed um at one of the passes, so you couldn't get out of there anyway, so we're like, well, I guess we're done, <laughs> yeah. so what a it's weird, anti- an- right. you know
0: what does it mean to to succeed finishing a through hike, for example, what does success even mean right Is it even yeah, it's a goal, and, and like you said, when you get into the mindset of Oh, well, it feels good to get to a top of a mountain pass and you kind of feel like you accomplished something. But if you didn't get there because of weather and you had to turn around, wasn't it still a success? At least for me, those types of experiences in nature just teach you a lot about what what success even means. I, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And um, it's just very humbling. You know, I think it was almost good that happened because, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's really about the journey. It's not the destination. You don't remember, you know, getting somewhere at the end of the night and doing a hard 40 mile push. It's the cool conversations and the people you met along the way or that amazing river you crossed or that incredible vista. You know what I mean? Um, It's just about the connections you made, the beautiful nature you've seen, and just like the whole experience, not getting somewhere every day. You know, it's And it's a a great lesson, I think, just to be able to absorb the walk instead of the destination, you know, and the journey, as cliche as it sounds.
0: I I think if some people are just getting into this whole idea of potentially through hiking, or maybe they're just listening to you right now and being like, hey, maybe this is a thing. It's easy at first glance to kind of think, like you said in the beginning, well, you're just going to be by yourself. And that's this misconception because this whole culture around through hiking and these trails that are, I think probably different. I'm guessing for for each trail, and unique to that trail. But in terms of a travel experience, your daily life, just being on the road, even if you're just on foot and you're not, it's not rubber meets the road. It's the rubber of your souls, I guess. W- what makes this such a unique travel experience?
1: Just like we were talking about, it's really a journey in itself, instead of like a typical travel experience where you're you know, what most people have to do in the US where you're going quickly from place to place, you're really in it, you know? You're in the nature, you're, even when you're biking, you're on the road, you're seeing the local people, you're really traveling like a local, you know? You're forced to because you're walking or biking at such a slow pace, you know? It's just an incredible way to absorb the scenery, meet people and um, get into that community. You know, the hiking community is, amazing in itself like it's kind of like you're in your own little bubble there which you know can be good and bad but everyone is looking out for each other and it's just um it's just a beautiful thing being able to walk every day and see things along the way at a slower pace you know and instead of just flying in and out of places and you know you really do feel more like a local like you're accepted when you come into town and things like that i think
0: i love mountain towns so how was it to check out all these different (laughs) towns along the way
1: and some of those towns are, they're hilarious. Like they're these little towns in the middle of nowhere, like 20, 50 people live there. Um, but the people there are super nice because they're used to hikers coming through. And these are the towns um, you
0: would drive by. This is a great example, yeah, right?
1: Exactly. Towns that you would never, ever go to, you know, some of them, you know, like you, you go to a there's very few big towns you go to. Like South Lake Tahoe is probably one of the bigger ones you might get to. Um, But other ones, you're like going to like this little town that literally has five people in it. And it's just like a restaurant and a store, you know. And um, it's just funny talking to these people out in the middle of nowhere that you would never, ever talk to normally, you know. And um, the people are super nice, you know, and they're looking out for you. And, you know, things are a bit more expensive there, but (laughs) – um you know, it's cool just seeing those little towns that you've never experienced and just interacting with those locals.
0: <laughs> it's funny to think that there are restaurants out there that are frequented by people walking in nature, that their main clientele is walking hundreds of miles to go to this restaurant in in a way, yeah. right? Exactly. It's, just, it's very funny to think because you think of, uh, all right, well, if you're going to open a restaurant, let's go to a high traffic location, not a town of five people with, you know people have to walk hundreds of miles to get to it Uh, how good are those meals though my some of my favorite meals in the world are well they're they're the best it's the best beer it's the best meal when you come off of a big hike or some big physical activity and then you get back to town and you sit down and and have a meal you just because you earned it it's just the yeah it's so good (laughs)
1: yeah yeah exactly a lot of people know what you're saying yeah and there's some incredible meals on trail for sure you know and one of the best is timberline lodge and uh, that's in oregon at mount hood and that's where they film the outside shots of the shining so people always say that's the best meal on trail because they have a breakfast and lunch buffet so (laughs) people time it so they get there for the breakfast buffet or the lunch buffet and just crush really good food. So, you know, and yeah, it's just so good and amazing. Like there's a couple like well-known meals too. Like there's the hiker trash burger, which is two pizzas with a burger in the middle and like fries. And then there's another place where you get like a pound burger, a milkshake and fries for like 15 bucks. So these towns, they're, they're ready for people come through with big appetites.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you eat any of those? Do you remember eating like 45 pancakes or something? one Yeah.
1: Actually, funny you say that there's this thing, it's called the pancake challenge and it's the last town in California. And this, it's just this little town, like another little town that you'll never go through. And they have this little diner there and they give you, it's supposedly five pounds worth the pancakes but i think it's just five massive pancakes that you're supposed to try to eat um it's like that uh, scene in uncle
0: buck if you've ever seen it where john candy tries to eat the 96 ounce (laughs) steak
1: yeah (laughs) and uh yeah i tried to do that and completely failed so
0: (laughs) (laughs) how many what did you make it through two and a half
1: yeah, like two and a half or three, or maybe. And then I was like, I could have kept eating, but I was like, nope. I want to enjoy pancakes the rest of my life. And that was. <laughs> you,
0: have oh, to be like, you have to be like those guys and gals that do the hot dog challenge. You dip it in water and just shove it <laughs> down your throat. And they eat like 92 hot dogs in two minutes. I don't know how they do that. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: How do you think the the trail as a part of this ongoing adventure? You didn't know. You were just like, hey, life's going to take me where it's going to take me. First took you on the bike trip. Now it's led to the PCT, which has now led to you going to, was that part of the plan? Going to Telluride, Colorado and and working at the resort to get a free ski pass? How did that (laughs) happen?
1: No, I mean, uh, it's pretty spontaneous for me. Uh, I don't know. It's just like one thing leads to another and you never know where you're going to go. I think the good thing about this human power travel, which a lot of people don't talk about, is you kind of learn how to trust your gut, you know, because when you're out there on the trail, you kind of, you know, you'll be in some situations or biking where, you know, your gut's telling you one thing and you really should follow it because, you know, you're avoiding danger or something and it just makes you much more in tune with that. And, um, I think that's why I'm out here, you know, um that I kind of got led to Telluride, you know, plus I'm still in the mountains, which is awesome. And if anyone's seen this place, it's just beautiful. (laughs) As you know, I'd heard about it, um, you know, just from different people. And I actually heard you talk about it, Jay, um, with your wife and uh, that it was her top place to go back to so i was like man i got i think this would be right up my alley you know like the community and everything and for sure it's it's definitely developed you know i've only been here a few weeks but it's it's been awesome you know it's just I, but it's just like i said being in tune with what you really want to do deep down instead of just following what society is telling you to do
0: it's so interesting you say how getting tapped into that intuition we'll call it is it's sort of this visceral thing when you're out on the road, you might feel danger. So you got to listen to protect yourself, but then it crosses over into your life because like you said, you're more in tune with that. So now you're in tune with, Hey, what should I do next? I think one of the things that people stress about before they go off, like you have, where they quit their job and they're just like, it's an open-ended thing. Some people stress about what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Has that ever been a stress for you?
1: Yes. In certain ways, I think so. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say that, but, um, it always works itself out. It's funny. Like, um, you know, you'd be coming into town and feel like, oh man, I'm not going to have anywhere to stay or something like that. Or it's a busy season or, you know, you're coming in on a holiday, but it's funny. You always figure it out. I, I don't know. Like when you're forcing yourself to, you know, when you're out there, you're going to figure it out, you know, as you know, just with any kind of travel, um, But even more so with that kind of thing, it's just like it works itself out. And, you know, you start thinking about it. You're talking to other people who are traveling a lot. So they're giving you ideas and things like that. So it all kind of culminates with in a good way where you're kind of going where you really need to be versus where, you know, maybe your mind's telling you to be. It's kind of more where, you know, your gut or your heart's telling you to be, I think.
0: Yeah. And these are no small things we're talking about here. Getting in touch with your intuition gaining the ability to be more in the moment and to listen to what it is you really want and being in tune with your gut and your heart and being able to live your life in real time that way. These are such transformative things that really create an entire new way of living kind of in in, in some way, or at least it it can in real time. And, And that travel is just such a powerful thing in so many ways. And I'm so glad that, You took the time to come on and share your experience biking across the states, which we talked about before, but then just going, okay, now I'm going to walk up and down. There's something there too, right? You went all the way across. Now you're going to go up and down by foot and now skiing, things in threes, triathlons, you do three things in threes. I don't know if you're going to, if the skiing's just going to be the bookend to this or what but i guess we'll have to check in with you and find out you're gonna spend the ski season in telluride it sounds like and just ski ski your butt off
1: and then see where things go after that is that absolutely i mean so but as you know as an engineer man i have a u right if you think about it, I came down the East Coast, across the bottom half of the country, and walked up the West Coast. Yeah, you got to close that U and make ah. a square. So, oh, I you're really...
0: have to make a square. <laughs> How are you gonna make the square?
1: I was thinking about biking across Canada. I think that would be super awesome future trip. But, um, and I actually, I still want to finish the PCT. So I got a couple hundred miles, not much, but so we'll see. I mean, gotta see where what's gonna happen. You mm. know,
0: gonna go knock it out. Maybe that first. <laughs> desert part and then loop back up to the top
1: yeah maybe just if you do. guys want to get out there next year <sighs> you see me out there do
0: i ever man maybe we can work <laughs> walk together on that last 60 miles or whatever you missed at the end that would be ever. Yeah. i would love to share that moment with you well i do hope we get to do something like that at some point i have a feeling we will and just thanks for coming on and sharing your story and keep rocking on my friend and i'm a little jealous you're getting a a full on epic Colorado ski season. I'll be out there in Boulder in a few months. So we'll talk about that. Maybe we can hook up somewhere out there and and do something else in person, but always a pleasure. And try for travel is your website.com T R I for F O R travel.com. Anything else you want to share about your work or where people can find you?
1: Yeah. Um, if you want, go ahead and, uh, reach out to me on there. I've got, you know, my emails on there and everything. So, um, you know, I'm working on building my coaching and business now that I have actual time to do it, which is nice being stable for once. So, uh, you know, and if you have any questions about hiking or biking, whatever, you know, happy to help, you know, there's a lot of logistics that maybe you think you go into it, but, um, you really can figure it out. But, um, You know, it's, it's really hard to get out there, obviously, because it seems like such a crazy thing, but it really is one step at a time that you figure it out. So love to help with any of that stuff or any training nutrition stuff. You know, um, I have a nutrition certification, so I can help with that kind of stuff too. Um, eating on trail, we didn't even talk about, so there's a lot of details, you know, maybe you have questions about, happy to help.
0: Yeah. And, you know, get in touch with Joe or myself if we need to do a follow up and dive deeper onto, Food, nutrition, gear, all that type of stuff. We can, we can do more for you. And thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, man.
1: Thank you, Jason.
0: <laughs> we'll talk soon. There you have it, my friend. Thanks for listening in on my chat with Joe. I had a blast with that one. Are you ready to lace up your boots and hit the trail? I know I am. That got me pumped up. When I can get out into nature in any country, not only does it feel good for myself, but it can also provide unique travel experiences. And for me, it's something I love to build my trips around. And you know what? That beer in the pub afterwards, after a long day in the outdoors, you you hiked your butt off or rode a bike or did something hard, that's the best beer or the best coffee or tea or whatever it is in your case. But yeah, that's good when you earned it. Big meal, whatever. I love that feeling of being outside, kind of earning your meal, earning your drink, whatever you love. Let me know what you thought of this show or any of the shows, or if you have any recommendations for guests you want me to bring on. I make this show for you, my friend. This is a community-powered show. Reach out to me, Jason, at zero2travel travel.com. I read all the emails that come in. And just get in touch. Say hi. Say what's up. I want to give a shout-out really quickly to... Someone that's in my current home country of Norway, Ranja. And if you're listening, Ranja, please, let's meet up. If you're in Oslo, I'm not sure where you are. I'm actually going to email you right after this. Anyway, she says, simply want to thank you for creating a podcast of the zero to travel caliber. Love listening to all the stories, picking up on the tips and tricks and laughing along with complete strangers from far and near. Feeling a motivation and inspiration provided by it is just priceless gotten so much belief that the amount of work required to reach one's goals is going to be well worth it whether it's to travel the world being location dependent or just pursuing a dream of yours she goes on to say oh and also in a very sudden lack of impulse control i now find myself holding a ticket to athens In the beginning of next month, never gone totally solo travel before in terms of not having anyone in the country I'm visiting, but motivated by this show, finding it necessary to prove to myself I can do it. And after going through a breakup that's taken its turn on me and inspired by my mom's incredible positivity after just receiving cancer diagnosis and starting treatment, I figured, what the heck? Life is now, gotta embrace it. So I just wanted to give her a shout out and say good luck on your solo trip. You are absolutely gonna love it. And I'm super grateful that this show played some kind of part in motivating you to do it. That's awesome. That's the whole point of this. And it's the reason why it started over five years ago. That's a lot, wow. I need to share these stories with people and have these guests on because this can help people travel. This is all I wanna do is help people travel the world on their terms. So it's always nice to get an email like this and see, hey, it actually helped. That's great. And uh, just have a blast in Greece. And if you think of it, shoot me a picture when you come back or from the road or whatever. Let me know how the solo trip went and we can follow up with you. Thank you to Ranja for writing. And thank you, my friend, for listening and being a part of this global caravan, this community of listeners from all over the world, travel junkies like yourself, just... I'm picking up those vibes that you guys are sending every week. And I I so appreciate you all just taking the time to listen and be a part of this community and this little funky, fun, amazing corner of the internet. Before I let you go, a quote. First, I want to say thanks once again to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga will take you to a page where I've curated my favorite Tortuga backpacks. So you can forget all the research. If you're looking for travel backpacks, just go to this page and find the ones that I like. They are awesome, telling you, trust me. And you'll get 10% off as well just by using the promo code TRAVEL when you check out just the word TRAVEL. If you decide to get anything through that link or use that promo code, Full disclosure, I am an affiliate for them because I love their stuff and I have no problem recommending it to you. And that just means I get a small commission at no cost to you. So you're supporting the show and getting an awesome backpack. Win-win for everybody. And don't forget that 10% promo code, travel. Just the word travel when you check out and you'll get 10% off anything you order over there. I'll leave those links in the show notes. Now a quote from Nelson Mandela who said, there's no easy walk to freedom anywhere and many of us will have to pass through the valley of the shadow of death again and again before we reach the mountaintop of our desires thanks again for listening until next time i tip my hat to you my friend i literally just tipped my hat i took it off my head and tipped it even though i'm the only person in the room but i know you're here with me i know you're here with me so thanks for being here with me and i'll see you next time my friend cheers peace